scripture reading this morning is from Jeremiah 1, verses 4 to 10. Let us listen to the word of God. <clears throat> now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in my womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, Truly, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a boy, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and you shall speak wherever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, and to build and to plant. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
don't know if you followed this on the news, but late in July, somebody from Illinois bought the winning lottery ticket. Winning, remember how much? $1.28 billion. Quite a prize, right? In fact, it's the second largest jackpot in Mega Millions lottery history. Now, anyone can play the lottery like this, and the entry cost is low. The odds of winning are pretty atrocious with the lottery. The reality is it's usually not going to ruin anyone when they play the lotto. So all in all, the gamble in this stakes is pretty low. I think we're pretty excited about this, huh? I'm going I'm, to, I'm a little too distracted here. Here, Grandma's going to take this back and put it up high. I'm so glad we have all these little kids. It's so fun to have them around. It makes it way more fun, doesn't it? Like, I was just preaching here, and that's boring. <laughs> now, the reason I'm talking about the lottery, about gambling, is because in today's scripture reading, we find Jesus gambling. Now, this is the moment a few of you were supposed to gasp out loud. Come on. Maybe I didn't build it up enough, but maybe it's not 1950. Maybe with the media these days, nothing really shocks you anymore. Uh, or maybe I just haven't piqued your interest like a, a three or four-year-old, right? In any event, I want to try it again just for fun. I'm no Bradbury, but it will be more fun if I give you a little direction, Okay. So after I share the shocking news of Jesus, some of you will gasp out loud. You could even cover your mouth, right? Parents or grandparents will cover their children's ears, okay? A few of you could do that. Or you could uh, cover the ears of your friend gently. A few brave souls might say something else like, what? Say it ain't so, pastor. Someone might throw a bulletin and rage, making sure not to hurt anyone, of course. For extra dramatic effect, maybe someone near the back will get up and leave. Okay? Are you ready? Because this is going to make it so much better. So the reason I'm talking about gambling today is because today Jesus gambles away the farm. That's the way to do it. That's the way to respond to something shocking. No one's, I, I kind of secretly hope someday some person hurt, hears what I say and leaves. Like, it would hurt my feelings a little bit, but it would also be exciting to share with other people. Like, hey, I said something so shocking. Someone just left. Jesus doesn't just buy a lotto ticket here, but he is doing some high-stakes gambling. Today, the unnamed woman that Jesus meets today is bent over. And for our children's time, we acted it out just for a few minutes. This woman has had chronic pain for 18 years. Some of you might know what that feels like. 
Not only was she riddled by pain, but I'm sure she was bent over emotionally, spiritually, which impacted every aspect of her life for 18 long years. And when Jesus sees this woman bent over, he has compassion for her. And without thinking about anything else, Jesus seizes the moment and begins gambling. Not only that, but Jesus gambles on what most would consider a losing hand. A woman who is unnamed, who is chronically ill, who is invisible. When Jesus does this, the leader of the synagogue has what he thinks is a winning hand. So he places his bets on protecting and keeping the Sabbath holy. If you could imagine, this kind of move would normally end the game, right? The obvious winner here would be the leader of the synagogue. But Jesus doesn't back down and instead turns it into a high-stakes gamble, putting all his chips in for a bent, unnamed woman. One scholar explains, Jesus chastised the leaders of the synagogue because they cared too much for the wrong thing. They cared for the law and they even cared for their livestock, but they couldn't bring themselves to care enough for a woman in pain and misery to take a gamble on healing her. And there you have it. Jesus does some high-stakes gambling by calling out the leaders of the synagogue for caring for the wrong thing. A couple of weeks ago, there was a news story about the rescue of nearly 4,000 beagles from a breeding facility selling them to, to be used in pharmaceutical trials. The rescue was undertaken by several animal welfare organizations working together after the facility ignored orders from the Justice Department and their own parent company to close down the breeding center. For about two days, the national news was saturated with accounts of the rescue and lots of pictures of beagle puppies, which must be about the cutest animal to walk on the face of the earth, crowded into cages, barking at the camera, and of course, the TV stations were flooded with calls from people wanting to adopt these puppies. Dogs are medically evaluated and are made healthy before being adopted, but they expect to have all 4,000 into forever homes within 60 days. No one would argue animal cruelty of this kind and of this scale isn't deplorable. Of course, those who perpetuate such a thing should be punished. All of us would celebrate that the American public is so warm-hearted that the dogs will be adopted in short order, but as one pastor reminds us, in 2020, the last year figures were available, about 117,000 children in the United States were waiting to be adopted. USDA estimates that as of 2018, more than 11 million children in the United States lived in food insecure households. That means one in six children may not have consistent access to enough food for an active, healthy life, school starting. That's tough. Most believe that the number has increased with the onset of COVID-19. This isn't something we should be proud of. But just like the synagogue leaders, it's easy for many of us to still get values and priorities mixed up occasionally. Now, I think the big moment of today's gambling story isn't so much about the miracle of healing this woman the biggest moment is when Jesus sees her. When Jesus 
sees this woman, he sees her as a child of God deserving mercy. And he steps out, not caring about any of the rules, and he's willing to gamble it all on a child of God. Jesus reminds them they have compassion for their livestock on the Sabbath. Also see this woman who can't wait another day to receive mercy. She is invisible. She's a woman riddled by a chronic disease for 18 years. Yet Jesus wants all to see her as a child of God deserving of mercy. And to me, that's more powerful than Jesus actually healing her. This is when the real transformation happens, when he sees her, recognizes her as a child of God. As a woman who is bent over encounters Jesus, the path of her life changes. Chance encounters can have the same impact in our lives. And yet, these days, we often limit our chances to meet people. This is from expert Priya Parker. Pre-COVID, Parker says, with the ease of being able to order anything online, we're trading efficiency for community. Some community is intentional, but a lot of community is actually informal. So going to the grocery store, going to the dry cleaners, going to the places, public or private, that you go for one specific need, which might be to get your lettuce we'd run into people on the way. We used to go, frankly, to the library, and now there are a lot of ways that we can consume context. We used to go to the movie theaters, and now we can watch Netflix at home. We used to go to the... Part of this always on-demand economy is also forcing us, making us not bump into people. Because this interview was pre-COVID, we know how much more this happens today. She adds, then I think a third element is we are really, really, really busy. This kind of culture of busyness, this culture of always on, not just for technology, but the number of hours Americans are working, the desire to multitask all of the time. Our distraction levels have gone through the roof. Most of us are very exhausted by this. There are studies that show that in every, any conversation now between people, the number of times we make eye contact with each other has gone down in part because we're doing other things at the same time. Yes, looking at our phone, but also kind, also kind of have prioritized the values of productivity over the values of connection. If we want transformational encounters with people, we have to make room to meet up with them and Jesus. So maybe the point Jesus is making today is for us to be woken. Not gambling that should shock any of us. Instead, we're the ones whose pri priorities need readjusting. It's actually harder to take than the news of gambling, I think, but it's the very message we should welcome and receive. For Christ it doesn't just give compassion and mercy to a woman. 
Christ ends up gambling more than his reputation. In fact, today is just preparation for the more ultimate high-stakes gamble Jesus makes. Eventually, he puts more than just chips on the line. He puts his own life. For unnamed women, for synagogue leaders, for us. Jesus sees you and me and says that we each deserve mercy. We might be busy. We get distracted. We see those puppies and we just, you know, get so excited. But Jesus gives each of us mercy. So it's time for us to brush up our gambling skills as a church, right? You can tell your friends, pastor said our church needs to get better at gambling. Seriously, you can say that. <laughs> it's time for us to settle our fear, to put down our devices, to figure out how to work quicker, to relax, to get out of our comfort zone, to meet people where they are, to genuinely make more of an effort to make those chance encounters, see the people who feel and who are invisible, and to see everyone the way Jesus does as a child of God so that we can give without hesitation, compassion, and mercy, just as Jesus has done for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you found this podcast inspirational and would like to support the First Love Ministry programs at First Presbyterian Church, please send any contributions to First Presbyterian Church at 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois. Our zip code is 62650. Our phone is 217 217- Two four five four one eight nine. You can contact our secretary there between the hours of 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. Our email is office at firstpresjacks.org. That's office at firstpresjax.org. O-R-G. Masks are now optional anywhere in the church. Our in-person church services start at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Access to our online church service starts at 9.55 a.m. You can listen to these live services on our Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com slash first, F-I-R-S-T, P-R-E-S Jacks. You can join our Facebook group called First Presbyterians with a Purpose. We have a choir that meets from 7 to 8 p.m. every Thursday night and we welcome all who are willing to sing. We look forward to hearing from you either by email, mail, or phone. God bless. And may you have 
a peaceful and safe year.